Hey, just want to jump in and mention my sponsors. I'm doing them all in the front. Um, so I hope people appreciate that. That's kind of a new thing that's been going out in the podcast world. And this episode is such a great episode. Um, I'm so excited. I really am. Um, Kay Lisby's uh, interview, I hope you listen to that number 238, man. It just blew me away because she is the real deal. That arbitrage group she's running is just rocking it. I'm in it and I'm watching just people just knocking it dead. And, you know, for $149 for you to be able to get in there, um, there is a free week that she's giving if you go through my link and I have a link on this episode. Um, but, I mean, to me, that's how you can build up this Q4. And if you even can't get in, get on the waiting list because she's going to pull from there when somebody drops for whatever reason. So get in there, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage. I have a link, um, and you're also going to get that seven-day free trial. Seller Lab Scope. I can't talk enough about it. Um, I just got another note from somebody just saying, hey, what I was able to do with Scope and blah, blah, blah. That is so cool to me, hearing those successes and hearing that you heard it through my show. It just makes me tingle because it's like, Getting exposed to that stuff is how you figure it out, right? Somebody else has, somebody else smarter than me has figured it out. I'm just bringing you the information. It's so neat to see. And so Scope's going to let you really work on your private label or wholesale and help you get the keywords right. Ultimately, that's how you get the buy box. You got to know what people are searching for. You put that in there. You get that adjusted to know exactly what they're searching for. And boom, you get found, right? Being found on that page one. How do you do it? By knowing the right keywords. How do you do that? Look at your competitors and use their keywords. That's how you do it. And Scope allows you to do that. It's just a powerful thing. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker, you've heard me talk a lot about her. If you haven't met her, you should. A smart lady who knows what she's doing. I, for example, today had uh, four items where, um, I forget what they called it, uh, they were flagged for quality. They were quality alerts. That's what it was. And it turns out there's an image issue. And she's like, well, yeah, there's Amazon's now making a change. It has to be 80%, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, I've lost interest already. Could you help me? And she's like, fixed. That's the value of having an account manager, right? Or when I get those calls, hey, I'm calling about case number, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that goes to my other person. And that just happens to be my team member who happens to be Karen, her team. Solutions for ecommerce.com slash momentum saves you 50 bucks. You're going to save 50 bucks. And she's going to do an inventory health report for you. To me, that's value. Know what inventory is healthy. You got Q4. You still can get some inventory out as of this recording uh, for free. You probably want to do it. So jump on and get with her and tell her I sent you. So it's solutions4ecommerce.com slash momentum. GoDaddy is another sponsor. And I love what they're doing uh, because I'm a domain hoarder. We've already acknowledged that. I've got a problem. And I just love the fact that I could save 30% finally uh, because I never did. Uh, so try GoDaddy.com slash Momentum and get your domain. But also buy that privacy. Look out there in one of the Facebook groups. You'll see somebody complaining about um, the lack of privacy. Well, buy the privacy. It's not that expensive. And again, you're saving 30% on it. It's really a smart deal. And Grasshopper. Try Grasshopper.com slash Momentum. It's the professional way to present your company uh, you don't have to carry a second phone. It's an app that goes on your phone, but it allows your calls to get routed effectively and for real. I mean, I always say you can have them go press one for customer service, but that could go to your customer service team if you use one, right? That can go to that person or I'm surprised nobody's offering that services to us to 
to be the customer service department for a lot of us. We're a Zendesk in effect. Um, somebody should offer those services. But that's what's cool is you, you know, by using Grasshopper, they press two to get to that department and then they can come in and, and you know, effectively represent you. I just think it's so cool. So try grasshopper.com slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks and you're going to be able to all of a sudden become that professional organization you want to become. Man, I just appreciate my sponsors. I hope you do too. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 245, Karen Locker. Yes, Karen's back. And this is an on-location interview where, again, I love sitting across from someone because I get to see their reaction and they get to see my reaction. And I think it adds something to the conversation because you know it's real. I mean, of course you know it's real, but but it's just different when you're looking them in the eye, you know. And so um, we spent quite a bit of time talking about an inventory management system. And is that the answer, right? Right now, is that the place where you want to take and put your... Amazon level photos, right? Let's assume they're the best. They set the standard, of course. So you do your photo at their level, your descriptions at their level, and all the rest of those things, and then map it out from there and put it on all the markets and the new markets yet to come. There will be a new market. I don't know what it is. We don't know how strong, but it will be a new market at some point. And so is that possible? Well, yes. Is it cheap, easy? No. And so we spent some time talking about that. And I think that's just so smart. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Again, it's going to sound a little different because I'm on location uh, doing a live to me interview, which I enjoy because again, I get to look the person in the eye. It's a very different conversation. It's easy when you're hiding behind a microphone, but now they get to see my reaction too. And I would assume they would attest that I do use my hands when I talk, because I really do. And uh, nobody believes me when I say that, but that is the truth. Karen Locker. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I am really well. And this is our second or third time we've talked. Um, Karen's background information, right? If you want to go hear her story, how she's gotten to where she is, where, where she was, hence the reason we're doing an interview, number 52. So that was quite a long time ago, because we're several hundred past that. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's crazy how many interviews you've got out there it is crazy but you know karen is and I, I should qualify this karen is a paid sponsor of my podcast i never hide that you always hear me talk about solutions for e-commerce because she is also my account manager and as i tease her every time i see her i pay the same price as everyone else and i should get a discount but she will not give me a discount nope. fair true true story i actually pay it and you know what i'm glad to pay it um before i left was it yesterday i think it was I sent Karen a request for 65 variations to be added to three or four different listings. And what's wonderful for me, and it's kind of wonderful for you, I think, if you think about it, is that both of us are here and that work is getting done. It is. Isn't it a cool thing? It is very cool. It I wasn't an fact. easy, it's, it's not been easy getting to this place though, is no. it? You know, it's funny, I get asked a lot about, hey, I want to start a podcast. And I'm like, do it. I mean, it's a great opportunity if you like to talk, but it's hard. It is. You know, to get to 200 has not been easy. And I know sometimes mine are great and sometimes they're not so good, you know, and that stinks and I try to get better. But getting people that can do, you know, how long does it take you to train somebody to bring them to the standard that I expect, right? I mean, as a customer, I have a certain expectation. Exactly. How long does it take you to train somebody? 
it can take to just get them so that they've got the understanding, you know, we're talking a month or two to really get them to understand it. And then they're still probably another month, two months after that, that you've got them double checking. And even, I mean, some of my people that do my listings have been with me two years, but there's still two or three levels of oversight right. to make right. sure. That's what I was going to say. So you, not only does that person get trained, but then you have to pay somebody above them and above them yes. to evaluate what they're doing and look at it at a more, not a global view, but at a higher level. Right. right? Yep. That's not easy. And, you know, and so you shouldn't be embarrassed to charge for it. I mean, you know, uh, I'd like a discount. <laughs> no, not going to happen. Throw that in there. It's still not happening. But it, it's true. And I, I think that that's very cool, though, that we're here. And I'm so excited um, because I don't know if you got a chance to look at those pictures. My son took those pictures. Oh, cool. And he's been studying uh, photography and at college. And he is now at that place of doing product photography. I mean, it's stunning, some of the stuff. I'm looking at it like, okay, <laughs> I'm impressed. Now I'm impressed. I'm literally sitting there <laughs> saying, Okay, what did I create? Did I create a monster here? If you can, and I have not personally had a chance to look at them because they did just come over as I was traveling, but I've seen some of the other stuff that you were, you know, showing me about. And, you know, getting good product photography is tough. It's very hard. Because there's lighting and shadows, and, and just taking the background is not, you know, removing the. It's not enough not. because, you know, it almost, I mean, when you look at, I mean, you've seen those things. When you look at some of the listings, there's some artwork in there. Okay. I mean, it really is art. You know, there's a there's a reason a piece of a photograph on the wall sometimes can grab you. It's that person's perspective. They can capture some things. So you can sit there and say, look at that can of Pepsi. You know, you can just take a picture. Or well, you can really take a picture. And I, I'm, I, I think he has that eye. I'm yeah. very, very pleased. And it's very cool. And so um, I think you might see something in the future from us on that service. So cool. I've approached a lot. Um, we'll see. I mean, I want him to be happy, though. I want him to enjoy it. You know what I mean? He's got to love this. Not everybody loves what we do. No. Correct. And a lot of people think that they that what we do is easy. Right. And that they can just go do this and it'll be... Because it's a simple thing to do and it's like... There's a lot more to it than what you see. And yeah, you and I are sitting here having this conversation. But there's still other stuff that's going on that has to be worked on and checked and you know you have to love it i well, love details and so you know it's funny we're at, we're at ecom chicago a great event and man it's under 200 dollars. this is one of the best things to get the, the you know the, some of the speakers they have here blows yeah. me away that they attract this level of speaker and for under 200 dollars, and it's such a great venue it really is um, intimate what i like about yeah. it you know a couple hundred people but in my talk tomorrow Right. Some of what I'm talking about is how easy some of you guys make it look, yet, yet, my talk is about, I call it the crucible moment, and I'm using my hands, as you can see, <laughs> I'm using my hands. But it's the truth, though, is that you had to go through a bunch of junk. Yep. Right? And I'm talking about a crucible, and, and you, you had to go through and, and deal with that junk, and then you get that, that level of uh, foundation, I'd like to call it steel. But it's a foundation, and then you build from there. But it did just happen, right. right? It's been over time. And I think that's what people have to understand. The other thing that I noticed uh, quite a bit, and I'm going to talk about two of them tomorrow, are people that were doing something in this business now are only doing a piece of it because they love it. One is Gary Berry. Yep. Gary is really not selling anymore. Still coaching. Loved it. But he's retired from teaching, and now he's running a prep center because that's the piece of it he loves. Yep. He doesn't want to deal with the other side of it. Does that mean he failed? 
Heck no, because guess what? He's getting the piece that he loves. Exactly. Cool. Well, and and I, yeah, and I totally agree because I very rarely sell. I used to do FBA. That's what started me on a lot of this Mickey Mouse journey that I'm on some days. I hate sourcing. You will never see me talk about how to source, how to find. I know not some, but there's plenty of people that. But if you want me to, but tracking through that rabbit hole in the back end of Amazon to find out what's broken and how it's there, I love doing that stuff. Well, I heard you say something today, and it just kind of, you know, it. I guess I take it for granted because of our relationship, but it's fascinates me how much you know. You you forget more than than we all know <laughs> because you were talking about an example of somebody who's having a problem. And uh, one uh, one FN skew and two ASINs or what was it? The one F-way? one skew, one FNS, one FNS skew, one F. I can never say that one FN skew, and two ASINs were all assigned to it. Yeah. And and to and he couldn't figure it out. Nope. And most people couldn't figure it out. But it took how long for you to peel the onion backwards? That's the old accounting term, right? We used to mm-hmm. call it peel an onion, right? When you find a problem. There's layers to it. So just start peeling them one at a time, right? And you work your way backwards yeah. to isolate it by finding out what it isn't, what it isn't, what it isn't, and eventually you figure out what it is. Most people can't work at that level. That's a skill set, but that's, I don't have the interest. Yeah, and I mean, it took me less than 15 minutes yeah, yesterday as soon as I knew. That most people, including that seller, wasn't willing to do. He just knew he couldn't ship it in. He had a product, it was on his own inventory, but he couldn't ship it and he didn't know why. And so, you know, because I've dealt with all of this stuff for so long, I knew to look on this page, then look on this page, and then I'm like, show this, and I'm like, okay, those are different, that's the problem. So we just have to open a case right. and remap it, and but you have to... And how do you train people to do that, right? It's not like that's what's can, hard. Right, because it's, you've been doing it for so long, yeah. and it's not like, when's the last time you've seen that, right? Uh, a year ago when I had a bunch right. of ghost cues. So there's a point. Oh, yep. Steve, learn this. You won't see it for another year. Exactly. But I expect you to retain it. <laughs> Not happening. Right? But that's the truth. It you is. You know, so if you sit back and you think about these things, and I, you know, what I'm excited about is that each each person has found their place. Each one of those people that do find their place, that excites me. Chris Queen, sitting out there chatting with Chris, and he's working on something new. I'm like, dude, you just blow my mind because he's working at a level so different than we are. Yeah. And it's not like he's trying to think of the next thing. He just wants to stay interested. And that's cool. I mean, how cool is that in your life? You want to be interested in what you do. Exactly. You want to be interested. You You want something to challenge you. When something becomes by rote, it, you, you, it, yeah. it, you lose interest. Um, and that's why as much as you know, Amazon can be annoying, that's the challenge for me, and that's why I enjoy the rabbit holes. Yeah, you definitely love the craziness of it, don't you? I do. I love chasing You're the your problems. Oh yeah, yet you love it. Oh, I'll you sit there. On it. I'll sit there one day and say, "They're so stupid. I hate working with them." And then I'm like, "Okay, but number one, you love solving these problems, and number two, this was keeps you in business because the fact that they are so crazy." You did. The fact that it's constantly changing, though, isn't that also exciting? It is. Because if they weren't innovating, you know, I think about this. You know, I can't remember who I was having. I mean, that's why I love coming to these conferences. All I do is have a conversation. I talk to so many different people. But we were talking about how lucky we are to be a part of it. Yeah. And we're knee-deep in it. I mean, to think about what level we are involved in these, this opportunity oh, yeah. at our age. 
you know, I'm a little older than you. But to be... I don't know if you're older than me or younger than me, actually. Oh, see? Well, you pull it off better than I do. <laughs> that, uh, but, but it's true, though. To be involved in this, it's a very exciting thing to it be. Is. I mean, we're very lucky. And it's and it, it's so cool. And one of the good things we notice is that some people can adapt and some people don't. And that's one of the things this business draws out of us, is the ability to adapt or not. Because and I can see as time goes on, people that are struggling with adapting to changes. And the only thing that I know is constant e commerce is change. Yeah. I've been in it since oh eight and it is polar opposite of what yeah, it was I back came then. came in right around that time. I'm gonna tell a little bit of my story tomorrow. Um, oh nine or so. It wait oh nine, but it was eBay, you know, yep. but it was eBay and I credit eBay with a lot. You know, one of the cool things and I think about this is that having some success in these businesses, whether it be eBay or Amazon or Etsy or Shopify is where we're gonna lead into Shopify in a minute. What's so cool when you have that little success, no matter what's going wrong with your life or what has gone wrong with it, your your confidence gets boosted. Yeah. Because it's like, huh. I figured something out. I actually created a business and it was successful. And yet, you know, you sit back and you think about in the old days, what would it have taken to put a business together, right? A lot. Put a brick and mortar together. Can you imagine? Yep. No, sorry. And, and what it would involve, and the people that make it, I mean, I, I feel for them. I mean, that's, that's something that they can do that. My grandfather ran a hardware store in Cleveland, Ohio. In the inner city. Um, you know, it was a lot of work for a whole long time. I remember I used to like to go play in the hardware store, but I could not imagine doing something like that now. Well, it's it's a lifestyle. It you know, let me ask you this, because I ask this question a lot of people. Your business is part of your life now, mm-hmm. and your life is part of your business. Yes. It, there really is no sometimes distinction between the two. But that's not a negative, is it? Most of the time? Most of the time it's not. I mean, there are some times when, you know, I have kids and stuff, and sometimes they're like, you know, if I'm knee-deep in a project, if we have something big going on, like I've had the last couple of weeks, they're like, you're always in your office. I'm like, yeah, and because I'm always in my office, allows me to let you do some of these really fun things that we would not have been able to do. Right. It's not like you're in your office for exactly. months hold up. No. You, you do it in spurts, right? Yes. I mean, that, and think about that, right? What business, I mean, other than teachers, and I think about teachers, you know, who give their all nine months a year, yeah. and then they get those couple months off, right? And now, most of them don't even get that off. A lot of stuff has trickled in those period of time. They have, they're required to do things. And they get a chance to recharge their battery. What's kind of cool here is you get to give it your all. Yep. Now you're recharging your battery again. Yeah, that's what this weekend is for me. I get to see my friends and kind of recharge and take a break. Um, Does it level you out when that happens? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, do you feel when you come in here like, like, ah... These are my peeps. It definitely, I enjoy it. I have fun now. I, I'm not an overly, and you, you know, to meet me, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm not an overly social person. I do really well chatting when I'm in an environment. And then when I'm at home, I wouldn't care if I talked to another soul for days, which is why I do a lot of my stuff online because I can interact. But if I'm busy, I can walk away from the computer. Whereas when you're face to face, if I was work, if I was working in an office, oh my God. I would have to deal with a person face to face all day, every day, and that's every day. no. That you know, my husband's disabled; he's home all day. That makes me nuts. It's like go somewhere, do something. Do something yeah. You know. I was talking to my Uber driver coming here, right? She would take me from the airport, and we're talking. And I said, "Do you do anything else?" She goes, "No, I, I'm a, I have a, a little kid or kids. I forget what she said." 
but this allows her for that lifestyle or whatever. And she said, and I said, well, you know, what's your plan? You have a plan or whatever. And she goes, yeah, I've been thinking about that. And she goes, I worked for Comcast. And she said, I loved Comcast themselves, but I had to work at a call center somewhere around here in Chicago, and I had to work in a cubicle. She said, it took my soul going in there every single day into that cubicle um, and then listening to everybody else complain, these middle-aged complainers is what she said. That's who's younger, clearly younger. But she, that was she, what she was talking about was that these people that are in these cubicles hate their life. Uh-huh. They hate their life because they've given so much, they don't get the rewards that we get. Exactly. So, you know, what do you tell your friends? Do they, do they see the opportunity? What do they think you do? Because you're a little older, not as old as me again, but you're older to be... <laughs> To be, you know, holed up behind a computer and working online only, I mean, that's not norm. You know, no. we're outliers yes. when it comes to that. I mean, it's now a couple generations behind us, that's the norm, right? Yep. But, you know, still, what do they say to you? I don't, I still to this day don't think a lot of people understand what I do, which is always interesting. You know, my, my parents are very, like, my parents are very proud of my business and, and what I've grown it. I don't think, and you know, everybody else thinks I just talk on the computer. I'm like, uh huh. You know, and it's funny because I have a brother who's big into finance, and so, um, and he's one that's very socially conscious by your socioeconomic status. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. That's the way I'll put it. And so, when he finally found out that I had a business and I had people, he was all of a sudden he was my friend you know it, it and things happened but but the other thing is and i probably just lost where i was going with this too you know we make we make things look seamless we make things look effortless and when you were talking about successful businesses we always don't give ourselves the credit that we have a successful business that we do i'm famous for that um yeah i'm just doing this i'm like well no you're really not just doing this yeah, anymore yeah. if it was easy everybody be doing it i yeah. use that phrase all the time it's not easy otherwise why are no, why is nobody else offering what you do yep very few people offer the services you do why because it's not easy to sustain it's easy to do it once yes it's not easy to do it 12 months a year and when i have a problem and it's christmas morning and i need you you've got to be there yeah, and usually I am. Right. I had somebody call me on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago because they had an issue and they couldn't understand it. I'm like, okay, okay. you need to... You You're know. a customer. I get it. No, but it, it's... But that... Don't downplay it because by those sacrifices you're making is the reason you're successful. You know, the fact that you're willing to give it your all all the time. Now, you had a one call on Thanksgiving. That means... The other years, you didn't have a problem. Right, exactly. So it's a perspective issue, right? It is, exactly. And, you know, I, I have somebody who's been emailing me late at night. She goes, you're a night owl. I said, yeah, I tend to work at night because I have kids and I have a husband. And working late at night is my best time of actually getting things accomplished. Because the other problem with people that work out of a home office is the rest of the world thinks that you're not doing anything. And they can call you and they can stop by and... My phone rings all the time, and it's like I have an, an elderly gentleman that lives down the street that we help out. And invariably, on Wednesdays at one twenty-nine, he'll call me when he knows I have a scheduled call every Wednesday at one thirty because he can't. And he every, and it's like, and I can't not ignore because he's older, and I need to make sure he's okay. And it's like, yes, uh huh. Oh, are you busy? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the middle of something. Oh, okay, just I'm, yeah. 
I have a coupon book for you. Uh, thank you. Exactly. So yeah, those are the kinds of things that happen. What about um, when, how are you dealing with all these changes? Because I know it's frustrating that the policy of today will not be the policy of tomorrow. And actually the policy of today, it really depends on who you talk to. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really that vague, right? Sometimes most, it's 80% it's policy. Yep. You know, because there's that 20% that doesn't know it or doesn't understand it and they interpret it differently, right? What about all these changes and how does that affect your business? A lot of the changes going on on Amazon right now, today, are make things a lot tougher for us to get at resolutions to issues. But, and I was thinking about this when you were talking, because you gave an example, and I thought it was interesting, and this is what I would, this is how I see it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. So you gave the example of socks or shoes, where they were something about taking the mannequin out, right? Mm -hmm. So it really is supposed to either just be the sock or just be the shoe, right. right? Not a leg of a mannequin or a person's leg, correct? Right. That's supposed to be the standard. And they've allowed, because I've seen, if you go in there, you'll see all kinds mm -hmm. of, because we were looking at this, I don't want to tell you why, but we, we were looking at it, and it was an issue, and I'm like, huh. But here's the deal. I think if you're using, like, their flow program, right, where they're looking at an image, and if they're not the only company doing image searches, yeah. right, they're smart enough to say, that's where I got to. Why they're enforcing this is because they're saying, hey, in the future, you know, these ads are going to be live on TV, mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to see these things, so we need these images so we can connect to the world. And I would not be surprised also because I know at eBay Open – eBay announced how they have a search by image. You so can take so a that picture technique of Google. would be the reason to do that. Exactly. Here's the problem. Why don't they just tell you that and say, hey, here's the reason. Because then you can sit back and say, you know, I know it's a big hassle, but guess what? This is where the business is moving. And Mr. Vendor, you know, you're coming back to me, Steve, saying you got to redo your pictures. Hey, uh, you got to embrace this because this is going to help your sales. Wouldn't that help you understand? Wouldn't it make it more palatable? It would. I, I might, that piece is missing, isn't it? Yes. My feeling is is that they, it's their playground, and they don't feel the need to explain the changes that they need or to make. Or I guess maybe it's territorial that they don't want to give their competitors a Could chance be. to know. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. It's so, Because they're not good at, ex Amazon is not good at explaining why they do anything. Right. Except right. for the fact that they call, their, their standard answer why they do something is to make a better buyer experience. Right, right. But if, if, you know, I always, I've heard this, and I, I've seen a little bit of it, like on, because we now have cable, and I hate it, but we have it. <laughs> on the bottom, it'll pop up, hey, you know, if you're interested in buying this, it'll show a local car dealer that'll pop up on the bottom. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So there's a national car ad, but it shows a local one to me. Interesting. Right? So what they originally said was that when you're watching a TV show, and if you like your glasses, you could click on your glasses somehow, and I could order them right directly through there. That that's the future. That's what they always said, that that's where we're going, is that, wow, she looks good in those glasses, so they don't have to hire a model, because that person's already wearing exactly. it. Exactly. kind of makes sense. But then they would click through those. So how do they isolate them other than having the image? I wonder if that's where they're going. So I guess back to the question I have is, how do these changes, because you're, you're looking at both sides of it, right? It's, it, it's hard. It is. But in the long run, is that what makes them better sometimes sometimes changes that are made are made because they suit the situation that's going on right there an example that's a that's a good uh, uh, statement to make because what you're saying is hey they you know uh counterfeits are probably a good one right they're doing yeah. the counterfeits right and so, so the whole gsi thing 
and them them matching UPC codes to the GS1, not GSI, GS1. Them matching them. And that's wonderful because I can under I can understand as a person who builds these. Well, you gave an example. So Disney, or uh, what was the company that uses the first same four digits? Well, all companies. That's the thing with okay. the UPC code. And a lot of people don't understand that a UPC code is, you buy the first four digits of a prefix if you're going to have a ton of products. Right. So you own those four numbers, and so it should only be your brand. Go that way, so it just stays, it's like your social security number. It's exactly. It's a unique identifier. It makes you different than. It makes Disney different than Nickelodeon. Exactly. Right? And then the next stuff. group is the next batch of numbers, and it depends upon how many you rent from GS1, are the product. And then the final one is a check digit. So, and you can actually Google, you, you know, there's a tool on GS1, you can actually find the check digit if it's missing. So, Nike is always going to have whatever number they have, they're going to have that prefix. Or they may have a batch of prefixes, but they have certain numbers. So, um, and that's good and that's helpful and them matching to the GS1 is wonderful, but I know of some products where the company creates a UPC code or gets a UPC code for products they sell to Amazon, because I'm sure Amazon won't buy without a UPC code, but in general to their wholesalers, they don't provide a UPC code, they don't have UPC codes on their products for their regular wholesalers. I thought, I thought the way I understood it is that Amazon will let them use an ASIN. So they create an ASIN, and actually they can barcode an ASIN on there. Am I correct? Am I using the right term? <sighs> and actually, the way I understood it, at one point, there were some retailers that were accepting ASINs as in their point-of-sale systems. Interesting. Because it, it's a barcode, right? I mean, it, as you said, a barcode is just digits. Yeah. But they're put in lines, thicknesses, and, and dimensions or whatever that converts over. This OCR reader reads the stupid thing, right? Right. So they were using ASINs that way. It almost like was like Amazon was creating their own UPC system. Like that's why I understand. and I wouldn't and I wouldn't be surprised. But in this case, this is a vendor that I that I happen to work with a client that buys from them, and the products they buy don't have UPC codes. Right. There are none. But Amazon has their master list of these brands must have UPC codes. So then you need to now do this whole GTIN right. exemption, and you have to hope you get a rep that says. So sometimes these changes, or they're they're doing this GS1 matching, is making it harder for people with bundles. It's making it. There's some changes that they're done, which I understand is to counterfeit, counter. Combat counterfeit. That was hard to say. That are also making all the other things more complicated, which are causing more paperwork on their end. With them getting all the GTIN exemption requests, all the... So these are unintended consequences. Exactly. Right. These are, you know, here's what we're trying to fix this problem, but it creates a whole other set Exactly. Of and, and that happens a lot within Amazon, X, Y, and Z. It's not exclusive to oh, Amazon. No, eBay, not. Is, eBay is knee-deep in it. Oh, yes. All right. Us old eBay sellers, right? I'm an old eBay seller. You yes. are too. Oh, yeah. I still have listings that have been there for years because I bought a hundred of them. Yeah. And it's a vending machine, right? So I create a listing and let it go. That listing has gone, it was, at the time, it was the right way to do it. Well, the times have changed oh, yeah. eight times. And exactly. Like, well, you got to do this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, what? Yeah, I just I just actually had somebody who's been selling on eBay call me the other day and wanted me to look at their listings. And I'm like, okay, you, well, you got to take the watermarks out because that's of the, of the false seller update. You can't have watermarks in your image. So eBay is now wanting Which to... everybody had watermarks oh, because yeah. they didn't want their images stolen. Exactly. So you always had watermarks in the beginning, and then now as fact, and then you so then you could have little watermarks, and now 
coming next year, you can't have any. <laughs> and it's that same image thing. I guarantee you for the same right. thing. And they would, they want the white backgrounds. And people aren't putting, they don't want templates in as much anymore. And you have to have UPC codes. So every marketplace changes as they're getting in. So eBay is moving a lot more into big data. They're going to have catalog pages and things like that. So those are positive changes in a lot of ways because you don't have to weed through 30 pairs of shoes like somebody was saying this today. Is, this is the problem. And this is where, you know, I wish eBay would hear this. This is real. You know, when you're a seller and you have thousands of SKUs, yep. right? And it's a... It, I wish they would just come to me and say, hey, look, for this amount of money, we can fix these for you. Because <laughs> these are what's wrong. They know. They can yep. tell you the list. These are the ones that have a problem. Yep. Well, then some smart programmer could come and fix it, right? <laughs> so here's the fee. Here's what we would do. And would you want to pay? Yes. Because, I mean, ultimately they win. They get their, their marketplace in order faster. Yeah. Right? They don't have to keep begging me to change it or threatening me and then causing this riff. Just fix it, right? And charge a fee. Yeah. Right? That, that, that piece is missing. And then to try to bring a programmer in to teach them the nuances of eBay, to learn how to do it, and then be able to do it, it's, it's too much. That's why I go play with eBay listings for people lately. I've been doing a lot of that with the HTTPS. You know, having to update and edit all of those HTTPSs, having to make the links go into target equals blank. And I, see, I was seeing that until my eyes crossed. Um, and then now the whole new thing, the images is going to be a tough one for a lot of people. Because yeah. oh, you I, can't... I think of the thousands of images we took years ago. Yeah, because you can't just edit out a watermark. Right. You know, right. it's... No, it's it, a new photo. Yeah. So what's your recommendation? I, I mean, I think it's a, good, it's a good place to stop for this. What's your recommendation? So somebody who's been selling on eBay for a long time, they got a couple hundred listings, right? I think that's the average that yeah. most people have a couple hundred listings. Um, they're keeping it going. It's been going okay, but it's such a challenge to add listings. As we all know, it takes time. It's effort. So to stop, to go back to fix the other ones, they're trying to stay ahead of it. They're trying to earn a living here. Yeah. What's your advice? Hire you? I mean, obviously... <laughs> that's one of them. But no, you need to find... Some, you either need to... Focus on, you know, doing, just doing a couple, just tweaking. You've got time, just tweak a couple. And the other reality is, if you have a listing that's been sitting up there for that long, it needs tweaking because it shouldn't be sitting up there for that long without sales because you've been paying five cents, a depending upon your store level, five cents a piece. I have some that have been up for 665 days, which means I have been paying every you've month. Lost money on that. Go oh, yeah, and you know, and so I mean, I sat down the other day and I said, okay, this is ridiculous. I listed these two years ago. They were DVDs that I bought on some wholesale. I bought off some consignment, and I'm like, I just priced them all at five ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. I'm like, they can just go. And did go they away. sell? I've sold ten in the last couple of days. Oh, that's awesome. Because I just wanted to get them gone. Okay, so and this is just a decision. Make cut my losses. Cut my on. losses. People laugh at me with my challenge coins. Eventually, I'll get frustrated and I'll set, put them up at auction for $0.99 cents with $2.50 shipping. And I'll let them go. Because by the time I'm at that point, I have already made enough money to cover what I paid for those. And it's time, and it generated, you know, I sold 150 of them one time, which generated 150 bucks in my pocket. Some people get so hung up on how much they paid for something right, right. that it's they're not cost. willing to cut their losses beforehand. Right. It's a sunk cost. The money's gone. And that's what you have to do. You have to look at your listings, whether it's you hire somebody else to do it with for you or whatever you but, have but to But again, we go back to how hard is it to train somebody? It is. It's that's hard. the challenge. I mean, it, eBay is not easy. No. Because 
here's the other thing, right? And so they would say, oh, just do bulk editing. Well, that's fine. However, they changed the database. And so sometimes when you change certain things, last time I went through this, I had thousands of listings. I had to take them down and did it through InkFrog, thank goodness. But you had to use a third-party company because the bulk editing, all of a sudden, they changed the database bucket. And so then all this data was missing, even though it was there. It wasn't it was coming through. to a different place. It wouldn't come through. And so, you know, you can pull it off an InkFrog, and that's one of the little or like Or like the gallery issue, the gallery image issues, which are hosted on... So a lot of times there's a missing gallery image because it's hosted on a different server from where everything else is. And now they're saying you can't have that link, that, that uh, HTTP link in there. And so that's really affecting things, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely... And again, it's, a, it's another perpetual change. I mean, the only constant we have is it will always be updating. Because the reality is, as technology yeah. speeds up, right. and eBay even said this, because you know how eBay converted to the three time, the two twice a year buckets of right. changes? And I think it was Devin who actually said, you know, technology is changing so fast, we have to change with the times and we have to change faster. Which means that those twice a year is slowly going to... But then on the other hand, eBay, Amazon makes changes whenever the need, and sometimes they don't even make it across the board. So to be in the e-commerce space, in all honesty, you have to be adaptable. You cannot be stuck in in the mindset. I used no, It's going to be frustrating. You're yeah. going to get frustrated and you're going to leave and exactly. say, this isn't for me. How many people do you see leaving because this isn't for me? Where rather you'd be like, look, you know, this is... And, and here's the other thing. They're not making these changes because, oh, let's screw Steve no, today. they're not. Ooh, here's a guy. We and that's like what everybody Steve. thinks they are. Right. They're not. They're sitting there saying, hey, guess what? There's a security leak out there, and so mm-hmm. we need to get everybody to be at this secure thing, or otherwise Google Chrome won't show your products exactly. and blah, 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 because there have been people who have exploited it. So they have to fix it, and the only way they can fix it is by enabling this and blah, blah. And we're back to the unintended consequence. Exactly. And, and that's what... I an unintended con- consequence quite a bit. Everything is... Yeah. And I mean, that that's reality. Well, so he, here's a, a prime example, too. When sellers could leave negatives, and you do remember those days oh, if yeah, you've been around Jesus. then, buyers were driven off from eBay in droves. So then one of the things is, this is the tricky thing. Everybody always says, eBay won't have buyers without sellers. But eBay won't have sellers without buyers. It is a symbiotic relationship that nobody wants to acknowledge. Each side thinks they're more important, and the reality right. is right. is that both sides are. Right. And it's the same thing with Amazon. It's the same thing with the eBay. Mall, the mall will close without anchor stores. The mall, the anchor stores will, clo- will close without customers, right? Exactly. So they both have to work together. They now, do. I think that's a good example. I mean, I, I think that's, that's real. And I think it's it's that challenge, but I I mean it's so frustrating. It is. It's very, and it gets more frustrating every day on both platforms, because they make their changes which suits their needs of their buyers, sellers, whomever, stockholders, Jeff, whoever they're changing it for, they're making these changes that are probably well intentioned. But there are always all these other little unintended little steps that have to be fixed. Right, and infect so many others. Mm-hmm. So let's complicate it even more because now, because your life is not complicated enough, because you're not just dealing with Amazon and eBay and all these nuances that we just talked about. That's why I have an account manager. I mean, quite frankly, is because for the majority of this stuff, Karen and her team handles my stuff, right? I could create a listing. I'm not dumb. 
However, those 65 variations on this last one, just that <laughs> one was 1,200 variations, I think it was. You did for me and yep. me for a bunch. There's 1,200 variations. And yeah, you can just upload the file, but yeah, guess what? Or I could go and play with my grandkids. Exactly. And guess what? That to me is more valuable. Yep. That's not my lane, and that's your lane and your team's lane. But let's add, let's add some more complication because you're not satisfied with just those platforms. You want to add Shopify and the problems of Shopify to your life. Because <laughs> yeah, there's again, limitations. that's not easy. No. It's not easy. It's not. There, there, so one of the things, and this is the toughest thing that both myself and others come across, is it is so all software has limitations. And one of the toughest things about software limitations is trying to work within them. I mean, Amazon has their... That's a big statement right there. Yeah, because... Well, you're at the limit of the programmer. Yeah. The database is as big as the database was made. Or whatever they're thinking. Right. You know, and they thought it was going to go this way, and here's where it went. They were ebbing, and it flowed. Or yeah. they thought it was going to go this way, and but I needed to do... The, and I'm famous for, I needed to do this, and they look at me like... Because I do so much with so many different things... I want something to do what I need it to do, but I'm probably the only one that needs it to do it that way. Um, you, you know, wanna, I, you want to make an unintended con consequence yeah, for them. Exactly. Change this, but it's going to affect everybody. Yeah, but it's me. I'm yeah. Karen. Exactly, and I've been done with since, since Wait, beta. Wait, are flying just as much as mine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, seriously, I've been with you since beta. You should do what I need you to do, because um, I, I love to beta test stuff. So. I'll give you an example. I had a whole plan on how I was going to work. This is to do with Shopify. I had a seller who sells on Amazon, eBay, and we were building her Shopify store um, because of other unintended consequences, which I'll, I can share in a minute. Um, and so we, I told her, I said, to really do this correctly, we have to also add an inventory management system. Well, this was not... Because I've been well, telling you that for a while. Talk, that's, a, that's a big moment. Because it can now be. all of a sudden... You're talking that, because when you have an inventory management system, I uh, interviewed Chad Rubin from Scubana. Yep. He sells on 20 platforms. Yep. And he can add another platform like that. Exactly. Because he did the hard work. Exactly. Which is what I spent the last, that's why I was buried in my office. Well, wait a second. Because I don't want to lose this, because you might be just giving me the big idea. If I invested, tell me if I'm right on this, if I invested in an inventory management system, mm -hmm. can I host my images there? Yes. Okay. So I can host my images there. I mean, maybe this is like the duh, and you're going to be like, of course, Steve, this is so stupid. <laughs> but it's just like, if that is that where the big sellers really, or not the big sellers, the sellers who want to be big or big relative to them, that want to sell on multiple platforms should be investing their time and money mm -hmm. into the inventory management system mm -hmm. and then funneling it out of there mm -hmm. to Amazon, yep. to eBay, to Shopify, to Etsy, yep. if it can, or whatever. Because there... That standard, I mean, generally, let me ask you this. An Amazon photo standard is perfectly acceptable on eBay. It is. Perfectly. eBay's actually moving towards it. eBay okay. might like it so a little bigger. So if Amazon's the standard, which sounds like it is, right? Mm -hmm. They're the hardest, the most rigid, the exactly. best. Exactly. If you put everything in that inventory management system to Amazon's standards, mm -hmm. you now meet eBay yes. standards. So, exactly. But there is one trick that okay. I do have to... So there's a trick. There is. I mean, it was like an epiphany for yes. me right here. Hearing you say that, and rather than fighting with two systems, uh -huh. why not fight with one? Well, there is one major limitation. Okay. As far as I know, and don't quote me on this, but as far as I know, the only company that can create new ASINs on Amazon, meaning push new listings to Amazon, would be Channel Advisor. 
Everybody else is still working on it. Okay. Because Amazon is very protective of who can add products to their channel catalog. Channel advisor is not cheap. No, channel advice is not cheap. I know that other companies are but working fairness, on it. in fairness, if they invented the connection between, they it did. sounds like a big gap, that's yes. not cheap. Exactly. So Amazon is, and that's why I was saying about unintended consequences. So Amazon is the only, I mean, as far as I know, channel advice is the only one that can push new ASINs. Other companies are working on it, but then there's also limitations that Amazon with their API, what they can be pulled from Amazon too, because they limit what some people can get. So there is that little glitch there. So what happened with me is, um, so what my brilliant plan was, is I was gonna create all the listings on Amazon, because that's where they needed to be parked. Right. We know those are the standards, those exactly. are great. And then pull them into the inventory management system, okay. which was a wonderfully brilliant, and then push them out to the other sites. And since I'm creating the listing, I should be able to pull the data Because in. again, the ideal world actually would be put them in the inventory management system, and push them out, out to wherever you want, exactly. they can choose. However, that's not really that's feasible of, today right. unless you use Channel Advisor. That's okay. one of the limitations of the software, like I was talking about. But the problem is, is that the software that the one seller I chose to work with didn't pull bullet points and descriptions from Amazon, oh. even if you created it. So that made a no whole, and I had already uniformly done. That's a big done. piece of it. That's a big piece of it. Description and bullet points. Yes. Pretty important. And see, and here's one of the things, and this is what I told you. Because that's really what you would put in your eBay listing, right? Exactly. Okay. But the problem is, and here's the big thing, a lot of, you know how a lot of people just UPC match on Amazon. So if you look at their item detail pages, there's not a darn thing on there. They're blank because they UPC matched against the catalog. Well, when you pull an inventory report from Amazon, all you get is what's on your item detail pages. So if you've never created a listing, you can't pull those into an inventory management so, system. So push. let's go to the example. So okay. it's at your can of soda. I'm selling that can of soda. Somebody else has created the Pepsi listing. Though, yep. Right? So I decide, hey, I'm going to sell that. So mm -hmm. I go to Target. I buy my can of soda. I see the listing. I go put it up on there. It is live. It is live. I am live, man. I am one of 8 billion sellers selling it for... 28 cents and I'm gonna mm -hmm. make my fortune and now you're gonna pull it off of there and bring it over to eBay because now I'm gonna even lose more money but when you pull it you're getting my listing my price mm -hmm. and, and your skew my skew and that's about it you got it because that stuff's not tied to my account your item detail page on the back my side item detail page that is somebody else's item detail mm -hmm. page Hmm. But if I was doing like the 1,200 things that I did for you already that are in your item detail page. Because they're mine. Because they're yours. And all the facts, then I would get everything but the photo okay. if I did a poll. So there's a bunch, there are limitations to all of it. So what I end up doing when I work with an inventory management system is I create the listing in the inventory management system. Right. To push to eBay, to push to Shopify, to push to wherever it wants okay, to so go. Okay, so let's just stop there a second. I want to make sure I'm clear on this because I know other people are leaning in right now because they want to hear <laughs> this because no, this is a big deal. It is. Because it sounds to me like you're on the precipice of solving one of the big challenges that we're all, we want to sell on all these platforms and we want to make it relatively seamless. Mm -hmm. We probably want to use Amazon to fulfill to because that's what they're good at, right? Yeah. But we want to sell it on these other platforms. So you're saying that right now, today, I can put this inventory into an inventory management system and generally get it to sell on eBay mm -hmm. seamlessly? Pretty seamlessly. Some, some of them, depending upon them, would need tweaks, but yeah. Okay, but seamlessly. 
uh, Shopify for sure, uh-huh. right? Bonanza, I don't even know if it still exists, New yes. Egg, any of those other 19 yep. non Amazon sites. Yep. So, generally speaking, you can do almost all of that. The only challenging one at that point is, is Amazon. Amazon. So, but that's still better than nothing. Exactly. So, then what I do with the, and including myself, because I have an inventory management system, I have since it was in beta, um, is I put them in there in the inventory management system, push them out to eBay, push them out to Shopify. Then I download the information from the inventory right. management system. And then I copy and move the columns around to make Amazon happy for their flat so file. So you, you readjust it into their format. So so somebody can write that. I mean, that's a very exactly. simple. Somebody macro can write a macro to say, hey, do mm-hmm. this, blah, blah, blah. Um, are you going to say what inventory management system you that use? I use? Yeah, yeah, I use Cellbrite, and I've used it since they were beta. S e l l b r i t e. Cellbrite, and I've used. And what do they beta. charge? I don't know. You'd have to check their website. Okay. I've used them since beta. Okay, so you've been. <laughs> I'll on. be honest. And, and so you're using them, but they then populate your eBay listings. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's like an ink frog because ink frog yeah. does the same thing. Ink frog right? does the same ink, thing. Ink frog does the same thing. They've changed themselves. Uh, they used to be eBay only. I don't know how many other platforms they support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ink frog open, not ink frog yeah. classic. Right, right. Not, uh, I'm mm-hmm. on both. Yeah, <laughs> but let me tell you, ink frog open saved me because I had to take down four thousand listings, yep. and I was able to move them over and do the find and replace. Yeah, and change, and then wait until my penalty was there, where they they eliminated my store for a month for whatever reason, and then I had to, I was able to put it back up and save a couple thousand bucks, which is um, good. So Ink Frog came through for me that way, and you could do them at five hundred at a time. I was moving them, so it wasn't so bad. So it was like you know eight or nine moves rather than four thousand and exactly. Okay, so Cellbrite allows you to do that today. Yes, Man, I've not looked at Cellbrite in a long, long time. Yep. I remember they were big with eBay way back in the day. I remember hearing about that. Well, and they were big Auto MCF. So they started with Auto MCF, right? And everybody used Auto. And right. now and Auto the, MCF. That was the Auto Combined Listing, right? That allowed you to merchant fulfill on other channels, multi fulfill. Yeah, multi channel fulfill on other right, channels right. from Amazon FBA. Right. Yep. So you could sell on eBay, but you could pull it from. And so that's what they do. Um, and so what I do is I, because you know I'm a spreadsheet person, I create my listings on a CSV file. I upload them into Cellbrite. I push them out to eBay. I push them out to my Shopify. And I download them and convert them and push them over to Amazon, depending upon what's going on with and, Amazon. And it sounds like you're just saying, oh, I just push them. It's more complicated than that, but generally, it's not that hard. No, correct? you select a menu, tell them to send it and list it. You may have to tweak it on the other end. I don't but with Cellbrite. How hard is it to create the CSV? It depends upon how comfortable you are right. with the spreadsheet. Right, but I mean, it's an Excel spreadsheet. It's an Excel spreadsheet. But it's generally, it's copy and paste for, I mean, yep. most, most of the fields are the same. Exactly. Then you just get down to the nuance, the shipping and mm-hmm. the description and the images and all the rest of that yep. okay all right well, and you've got to ho- you've got to host your images somewhere that's another key um to be able to use a csv you have to host images okay. that's and always... they eventually don't make it into ebay on their own somehow they yeah just... no they do but what i mean is when i upload them into Cellbrite, i have to have them hosted somewhere okay and i then, use amazon's s3 and it's then, cheap it's cheap and then when you load it into ebay though now the images are hosted in ebay Yep, because eBay, and when you push it over, eBay will pull them up and host them. So Shopify, they mm-hmm. host there eventually. Yep. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, this is good. I'm going to have to talk with them. I mean, that, that might be, uh, I'll bring them on. And then you I can... think it'd be interesting yeah. to, take, to continue this conversation because I think we're going somewhere. Because ultimately, 
I think most people want to create a good listing. Yeah. They want to have one place when they fix a listing. They only want to fix it in one place. And, and you can push click it out. revise. And right. you can click revise. Right. So, so yeah, if you're going to make a better picture, well, let's face it, sometimes that can of Pepsi photo, you might be able to get, like my son, to take that picture and make it more artistic. Exactly. Or something changes. You change it in one location, as you say, then you just revise and it pushes it out. That makes sense. That's utility. That's reducing touch points. Yep. That's efficient. And so that exists today. Ooh. Does. Man, we got to a good place. <laughs> no, I'm excited because I think that that's the place where a lot of sellers need to go because yeah. it becomes unmanageable. Let me tell you, managing 4,500 listings with just me and my wife is a very difficult thing to manage. Well, and one of the tough things. Now, this is the one drawback, though, I'm going to fair warn you. If you have 4,500 listings on eBay. on eBay or you have them across three platforms. Well, on Amazon, I got one more than that, but yeah. And you don't have the same skew across all three platforms. Your stuff will never match up. Right, right. So that's one of the big challenges yeah, that's where to moving you to. You have to if you're going to put it on multiple. But, but I think that kind of makes sense, right? Yes. If if you're going to do something across multiple places, you have to put some kind of protection to make sure that you don't run out. You don't dissatisfy a customer, right? Exactly. So there has to be a way that there's this common thread yep. amongst that, and as you say, that's a skew. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, and I've been harping, and it's funny because I've been harping about SKUs forever. And, you know, eBay sellers, they have the custom label, but they don't think they Nobody need SKUs. Nobody uses it. But I've been using SKUs for as long as I've been selling, especially the, the coins, because I have 10,000 two-inch little round items. Now, if I didn't have a SKU, how would I ever find right. what the buyer wanted? Right. Right. So I have a SKU system. Yeah. And then do you put them in a bag and then label the bag on the outside? Mm -hmm. So when you do it, then you put them in order? I buy my nice little white block, um, zip block bags are about this two by three from our friends at Bubble Fast. Bubble Fast. The and, Bubble Boys here. And I just put a number on it and it's coded and... and then you just go look for it. And then I just yeah, go look for uh, it. We do similar things because we sell certain things are in file folders and yep. they're numbered in order. Whatever it is, got to figure that out. Yeah. So... You know, as you sit here listening to Karen, and again, she's my sponsor, and so I, I mean, I, I want to tell you, and I, you know, I will have a commercial for, but this is why you hire an account manager, because I don't want to keep up with all this stuff. This conversation is the reason I come to events like this, because I can have this conversation. I'll have this kind of conversation eight times this weekend yep. with eight different people, and I will advance my knowledge and my thought process because now I'm thinking, okay, this might be a solution for me long term because I know where we want to go. Yeah. And this conversation now I've got to figure out how to get this next piece figured out, and then eventually will they figure out how to make that gap into getting it to Amazon? That would be the next. Well, part. and a lot of a lot of the software companies are working on yeah, creating new agents there. I did an interview with a guy who's a software developer from California. He's like, Steve, the reason we're all working on Amazon right now because that's the hot marketplace. Next time it'll be something else and we'll all move over there. We have no yeah. loyalty other than we're following the money and where people want the service. And a lot of the inventory management systems also integrate with Walmart and Jet and all the other ones we're talking about. And Jet is the trickiest one because Jet, you can't make a listing like you can anywhere else. And so you they know? already integrate. So this is very You know, because Jet, you can only do XML feeds. So this is, again, why I have an account manager and Karen's service. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's, it's not cheap when she doesn't give me a discount. But the reason, uh, but you know, you got to pay for these services. There's there's a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of labor hours that you pay for, for my benefit. But I get the benefit of having somebody there pretty much twenty four seven. Again, we're here, we are in Chicago, and I'm having work done on my account. Yep. You're working on my account, even though you're sitting here with me, 
And so it's solutions for e-commerce, the number four, solutions for e-commerce.com slash momentum. And what's cool about this is if you go through my link and she pays me, and I want to hide that, she will do an inventory health report. And to me, you know, again, as I said to you earlier, it's Q4. This is the time to do it because yeah. your storage fees are two or three times. You gotta get the stuff out that doesn't work. I mean, again, we're back to that liquidation model. Pull the stuff out, you know, when you think about how long it costs, oh, I gotta get my money back. Well, no, you're paying it in storage fee. You're never getting that money yeah. back. Get it out and move on and, and move on. So again, solutions4ecommerce.com slash momentum will get you to her services and you're gonna get that free inventory health report. The only place you're gonna get it is through my link and the lowest price, she guarantees me, that she doesn't <laughs> offer it cheaper anywhere nope. else is through my link. And so I, I appreciate the relationship. But again, you can hear why it works. Um, and again, I pay the same price because I value the service. Man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for what you're doing. I'm really excited about this Shopify. You got me really excited about this inventory management stuff. You gotta keep talking about this because that's the way we're all going. Yeah. And it's very, very cool. Multi-channel has to be, nobody can afford to have, even me. And that's what I tell people all the time. Too many of my eggs are in Amazon's basket. I may not sell on Amazon that much, but I even my business is too heavily invested on. I need to make sure that I diversify too because so smart that you're as, doing it. Yeah, as long as you've got somebody that has your hand, you know, they can chop it off or they can bring you along. It depends upon what's going on. Oh, I get so excited about what I do. Oh, I'm so pumped. <laughs> and I, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was fun. You know, coming off of conferences like this, this is the kind of conversations you want to have. This depth of level it happened every single time I talked to anyone in Ecom Chicago. Um, it's just such a great opportunity to get to know people and know them at a different level. The conversation, the ideas. Man, I got a mind-blowing idea from someone, and it was uh, it just just awesome, awesome time. You've got to take advantage of that stuff, you know, get to know people, get to know them on a different level. And after a while, your rapport, your relationship goes much deeper. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.